0: Hi guys, so tonight YFE Chat is getting a little different. This show is gonna be all about you, so be sure to join us on the chat and at the the hashtag YFE Chat uh, to share your thoughts on community and collaboration. Buckle up and join us for the special edition of YFE Chat with me, the Stacey Harris. Hi guys. So uh, you're watching YFE Chat, the live stream for young female entrepreneurs that happens every Thursday uh, here at yfelive.com at 6 Pacific, 9 Eastern. But I'm not Jennifer Dono, who is usually your host. We look slightly different. I have pink hair. Um, I am the Stacey Harris, and I am the host tonight. Uh, I want to start by saying a big congratulations to Jen and her family because they welcomed a baby boy last week. So big congratulations to her. That's why I'm here. She's in the chat though, so be sure to say congratulations to her there, because he's adorable. All right. So before we get started with episode 110, I wanted to let you know that it's brought to you by Ovali TV. Ovalye believes in building community through shared experiences. We produce professional live webcasts that bring tribes together. Also, by MailChimp. MailChimp is the best way to design, send, and share email newsletters. You can get started today at MailChimp.com for free. <laughs> That's how Jen says it, so I feel like I should say it that way, too. She sells it so nicely. That's great. Um, I also wanted to let you guys know about the daily action calendar. Um, If you check out dailyactioncalendar.com, you guys can see what uh, all the details are, but it's a really cool way to sort of get involved with the community on a daily basis with things like Instagram. Uh, Today, I believe it was all about the organization of your apps, which really made me think about how many apps I have on my phone, which is excessive at this point. Uh, So I went through and cleaned out and I need to take a picture and post it using the hashtag dailyaction because I have not yet and I should. So check out dailyactioncalendar.com to find out how you can participate. It's a really, really cool thing. Also, if you don't know yet, the Bootstrap Book Club will be back in June. We're on a bit of a hiatus, uh, but the Facebook group is still going strong. So feel free to go into the group and connect and share what you're reading right now. Just because we're not reading the same thing doesn't mean we can't all be having conversations about it. So check out the Bootstrap Book Club at yfime slash find me in the club. Uh, I'm really excited about the show tonight. I have Jules Taggart and Sandy Sudu who together have collaborated on the amazing community, Thrive Hive. Uh, and we're gonna talk a little bit about communities. So I'm really excited to, uh, to talk to them about communities because communities like this one, YFE, are so amazing and have been so uh, impactful in my business. And also Thrive Hive, I'm a part of that community. So it's really it's really cool to see the impact. So first up, I wanna welcome Jules uh, Taggart and Sandy Sadu to the show. Welcome, ladies. Hi, everyone. All together now. Hi. (laughs) Awesome. So, welcome to the show. Um, First, uh, Jen, or I'm sorry, Jules. I was looking at Jen's tweet and it totally threw me off. (laughs) Jules, will you tell us a little bit about yourself outside of, of
1: Thrive Hive? what you do yeah absolutely I own a company called amp and pivot and I help women entrepreneurs to tell their story in a meaningful and unforgettable way through content so I do a lot of writing for clients and I help a lot of clients learn to tell their story a little bit better through writing that's what I do
2: I love that that's awesome
1: okay Sandy you're up next
2: all right, so I recently rebranded as Sandy Sudu Media and I do online marketing more on the techie side of things. So, helping um, women entrepreneurs figure out sort of how to grow their list using things like Google Hangouts, as well as, um, you know, figuring out how to master Facebook ads. So, really piecing that all together so you can grow your audience and grow your business.
0: That's awesome. And together, you guys created Thrive Hive. Yeah.
1: We now, met up. Oh, I'm sorry. No, okay. It's always funny to me because we can't see each other, so I never I, know. I know. It <laughs> is just, a little yeah. strange. <laughs> Go ahead, Stacey. I'm sorry to so, interrupt you. <laughs> it's okay. Uh, so what
0: I wanted to talk about um, is community. And I'm assuming here, because that's what I do, uh, that you guys started Thrive Hive because of uh, how impactful
1: communities had been
0: in the growth of your own businesses
1: yeah well actually it was because we couldn't find what we were looking for i think sandy and i met in another community and it had a lot of things that we liked and it was missing a lot of things we thought might be cool additions and we started to look around try to find a community that had everything that we wanted and we just kind of struggled i think sandy would probably agree with that at the time i think it was less this was a couple of years ago, so it was, there were fewer um, Facebook groups and you know Google Plus communities hadn't even been yeah. around yet. And okay. so, yeah, it was definitely something where we said, okay, what, what's missing and how do we then make it if we can't find it?
0: Exactly. I always, created- always love that one that, is that find a need, fill a need kind of thing.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. So Sandy, created- what
0: about was- creating Thrive Hive was so like, we have to do this for you? Like, what was it that had to be there?
2: Well, like Jules said, we created the community we wanted, the community that we wanted to be part of because we were tired of you know, LinkedIn groups or other groups that we were part of where it was just like, okay, let me, what I like to call like drive by, link drop, and then never hear from the person again, just kind of constant promotion. So we really wanted a place where women entrepreneurs could come and collaborate, um, share and grow because just because you decide to be a solopreneur doesn't really mean you want to be solo and working alone. Like you need to have that sounding board, a place to kind of bounce ideas off of. So that's a big part of what we wanted to do in the community.
0: I love that. And this is one of the questions I want to sort of throw out to you guys in the chat or using the hashtag YFE chat, or if you're watching this and, and recording down the road, leave it in the comments under this video. Um, what is it about community that is just over and over really important part of your business? So while you guys are typing that in, Jules, can you tell us what it is that sort of the community, why it's so important to your business?
1: Yeah, and I think Sandy just kind of touched on it. I work from home and I work alone about 90% of the time. And so mm-hmm. having online communities is honestly sometimes the only way that I stay sane. And just having a place to bounce ideas off of people. And, you know, today I had a call with um, a friend who's in one of our communities, and she and I are sort of accountability partners, and just being able to have a partner in crime without having a business partner is really important and I think that's I mean I guess that kind of gets more into collaboration but um, a community is a place where you can find those people so for me that's been a really huge source of um, support and inspiration cool and
0: what about you Sandy what's the sort of that has to be there piece for you um, that makes it such an important part of your business running
2: well, it's definitely a place to establish um, the know, like, and trust factor because again, when you're starting out your business, the people that you're gonna who are gonna hire you and refer you, they're not gonna necessarily find you through SEO and Google search. So, being in those communities where you can, you know, be of service and help people answer their questions, that's something that's really important. Both on the receiving end, you know, make a lot, making sure that people feel comfortable enough to do that, and then also being able to to reciprocate and do it myself.
0: I agree, and that's what for me has been such so important with community in my business is getting to to really connect with people and sort of have that water cooler that you would have in an office, but but you don't get to have when you're all alone in your office by yourself. There's no one to go and talk to um, and and sort of vent to about things that are going on or ask questions when you're struggling with something. So that for me is why community is so important. Is really that piece of of of. Someone to talk to, someone to lean on, someone to vent mm-hmm. to, um, and someone like you said. I really like what you said, Sandy, about building that no like tr- no like trust factor. I know. A lot more of my business comes from the communities I'm a part of and I'm active in and that I actively give in than in people randomly finding my website and thinking, oh, my gosh, I cannot wait to give this girl just big piles of money who I don't know at all.
1: Yeah, you you totally nailed it, Stacey. I mean, I think it's a place for you to talk about what you do. And let people get to know you before they decide to hire you. And they see the things you post, and they see the way you react to other comments, and they see the way you offer advice. And you don't, you know, ask for anything of it. And the giving part of being in a community is so important when it comes to actually receiving, being on the receiving end, which happens all the time too. It's definitely there are these little micro economies within communities, but they don't happen right away. They happen over time. So I would love that you nailed that. Yeah,
2: and I, just- I love.
0: Oh, sorry. Shannon go ahead. Paul said in the chat, the first advice she received when leaving Corporate World was to start her or to start her business was to build a community first. And I really love that idea of building a community around your brand. I know for me with my own brand, I've done that a lot in, you know, podcasts, and I, you know, I have a community just for people who are are uh, fans of my of the show and, and like the sort of stuff and the guests I have on the show so that they can just engage and hang out together. Um, and they're always the first group I go to To to, to you know, I, I launched my my new website yesterday and they were the first people Yay. I told because <laughs> I was so excited to tell these people who were like, you guys are in the trenches with me at this whole hit the mic thing. You listen to the show, whatever, you know what I mean? Like those were the people I wanted to tell first. So I think building that community around your brand can be so important, not just from a networking perspective, but making your clients feel like they're really a part of something. Mm-hmm.
2: Uh huh.
0: Is that something you guys have done with your businesses outside of Thrive 5, your independent businesses?
2: Well, just to expand on Shannon's point about building a net, it's, it's really about building a network before you need it. So even if you're still in your job, I mean, I was networking long before I decided to go solo because it's, it's really something like whether you want to stay in a career or you want to do the solo thing, you have to have people you can turn to who can, A, ask you for support and you can ask for support. You don't want to do that when you don't have a job and you're like, all right, now I'm going to start randomly adding people on LinkedIn. So really like, (laughs) which we all see, right? So really like, you know, building that network, whether you're going to make the leap to entrepreneurship or you're just still in career mode, it it does, it's not going to hurt you.
0: Well, and I think that speaks to, you know, for those people who are, are, are full-time entrepreneurs or full-time solopreneurs already. I think that we forget the importance of networking with people outside of our industry. You know, we forget the importance of networking with just everybody. Like everything is a networking opportunity for me. Like if I can just hang out with people and get to know them, you never know who those people know. Um, and it's not even about about you know who do you know. It's about I I just like hanging out with all kinds of people and getting all sorts of perspectives and that's one of the things I like about about YFE and about Thrive Hive is they're made up of people in all different kinds of industries who have all different kinds of perspectives so when you show up with a question you don't get the same sort of echo chamber you get a new perspective and a lot of times I go
1: oh my gosh I didn't think of it like that (laughs) let me back up the train and see what's going on here I think one thing that's been really helpful to me has been to have several communities. So mm-hmm. I can't even tell you how many, um, you know, Facebook groups and whatever I'm a part of, but I have a core like, of five. Than I <laughs> yeah. And honestly, I don't pay attention to most of them, but I have a core group of maybe five or six and you know, one is, Thrive Hive where I lead that community with Sandy. And um, so I'm in a little bit different role there. There's a, a, I have another group that's a group of just six women. It's very small. It's very targeted. These women are in my niche. I bounce ideas off of them that I might not bounce off of other groups, but it's it's important to have that perspective too. Like you said, like totally different perspectives. And then I have another group, you know, the Bootstrap Book Club is another one. That's where I go when I wanna figure out what to read next or, mm-hmm. you know, what everybody is thinking about a more broad topic. That's you know another group that you can go to. So I think having groups that are a few different ones that serve different purposes is really helpful.
2: Uh-huh. And just, just to add to your point, Stacey, I think sometimes it's so easy to want to gravitate towards your industry groups. But mm-hmm. like you said, being part of so many gives you that different perspective and allows you to be like, one of a few versus one of many. So if you're in social media, don't join like every single social media group out there because while it's great to pick up on trends and industry related things, that's not where your clients are necessarily hanging out. So you've got to kind of like branch into those other places.
0: So one of the questions that comes up for me over and over again um, with from people who when I talk about online communities is how do you map time for all of it? There's so many. Again, like, you know, we were talking about we're part of so many Facebook groups. I'm a part of a ton of Google Plus communities. Uh, and then you've got LinkedIn groups. And then you've got things like this where, you know, you show up and, and participate live. How do you guys make time or how do you structure your time uh, to make sure you're engaging with those groups? Sandy, let's start with you.
2: Oh my God, I wish I could say I was like super organized like Dan- Jen said. Uh, that's super action. nice, that's
0: why I started with you, so I didn't have to admit to being totally disorganized.
2: <laughs> the, the, the daily action calendar, um, I'm trying to get better about like my Facebook and my Google Plus time and just kind of scheduling it out because if you leave that Facebook tab or Google Plus tab open all the time, you will get sucked in there and as good as, as great communities are, they can also be a time suck. So I think it's really about just scheduling in some time and saying you know what I've got 20 minutes on my calendar let me go in and see if I can answer a bunch of of questions or even ask some of those questions so I'm trying to move towards that I'm not there yet but um, that's how I like to see it work. <laughs>
0: <laughs> what
1: about you, Jules? How are are you a master of, of time management when it comes to communities? No, I, I get sucked in <laughs> like everybody else. Um, for me, though, I spend time in the communities that I lead first because I think mm-hmm. you've made a commitment to people to to be there to answer questions. I really don't like being in communities where there's someone who you know is maybe using it as a list building opportunity, but they're never there to actually talk to you or answer questions or to be approachable. And so I spend time, I I have a few communities, and I I spend time in the ones that I lead first, and then I spend time in the ones that I learn from second. So, um, you know, there are tons of other communities that I'm a part of, and the ones that provide the best resources for me and the answers to my questions and things like that, that's where I go next. So I don't really have a time limit that I use, but um, just kind of a general guideline.
2: Okay, so she had the way better answer. (laughs) Go with that approach.
0: (laughs) See, I actually do do the time limit thing. I have a timer and I have it scheduled on my clock. Oh, you have a timer?
1: I use a timer on my iPhone. Oh, my God. That's awesome.
0: (laughs) And I go in with a specific task. Like, I'm going to go to a specific group and do that. And like you, I prioritize the groups I run first. So my VIP community for Hit the Mic, they get attention first. Uh, The paid communities to go along with any of my programs, they get attention first. Um, After that, it's sort of my own program, my own... You know, communities I love and then it usually is prioritized by level of awesome people. Yeah. <laughs> Which is super judgmental and mean. But I'm like, who do I
1: like the most? That's oh, the code no, that we're gonna go not to not first. Judgmental and mean. <laughs> that is like the only way you can survive in it's spending horrible. time in online communities. <laughs> if they're not if they are worthless, you shouldn't be spending your time there. If they are yeah. worth a lot to you, you will spend more time there. So it's up to the, the community itself or the leader or whatever, to make it worth your time. And I think the communities that do that get my attention and they get your attention. That's a great point. It's
0: really, uh, it's really, you know, important for, you know, if, as you go into this, if you're thinking of le- leading a community, think about that, you know, what's going to keep people engaged, what's going to keep people coming back and, sp- and spending time there. Um, but I, I do, I actually, uh, I spend time based on a, a a timer and i do 15 minute chunks and i don't like if i'm going into facebook i don't look at the newsfeed i just go directly to the group you're not so,
1: go. like you got okay. your stuff together <laughs>
0: if the i don't guys, i end up taking way too many buzzfeed quizzes and finding true. out which harry potter character i should have married like it's you know, downward Jesus. spiral really <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah
2: dangerous i agree
0: or so, the cat yeah, what do you guys think about and this is this is sort of ties into the time management I also have a very big tendency to leave communities that I've been a part of that I'm finding just aren't serving me because otherwise I find I'm going through oh well maybe I should spend more time here maybe I you know what I mean so I'm a big fan of
1: leaving communities me too <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah I'm I'm so alone. Alone. I, <laughs> For I'm me, also- it gets to a certain number of people in the community. And sometimes yeah. I won't even join one if they're, if they're too big. But um, if I can't like get to know some at least a small group of people and know a little bit about their family, not not just their business, but their family, what they like to do on the weekends and things like that, and I feel like I'm lost and I, it's not a place where I could you know hang out with friends, I'm not going to spend any time there. And so groups that are like... 500 and above I'm just not it's not a good fit for me I know that about myself but for some people that's where they love to spend their time so yeah I would say leave a community that's not working for you for sure when I love how that kind of translates into your in-person networking like I really prefer in-person
0: events and conferences I go to when they're like 500 people versus 50,000 people
2: mm-hmm. that being what about said you, Sandy? There, well that being said there are some communities that I am in that are a bit larger where I like to say I lurk and I kind of get ideas for like Q&A like my Friday Q&A session on my podcast I don't like a lot of them are questions I get but then when I go in some of these larger communities I'm like oh this is where my some of my target market is hanging out let me see what people are asking I don't always have the time to answer but it gives me some some ideas so I think a little bit of lurking is good too Um, but that being said if you're gonna really get value out of it participating is is key
0: That's a great point. And I just want to do a couple of shout outs. Uh, Melissa Penton says that she agrees it's the only way to survive communities is go to the ones that you really like. Go where people are awesome. I love that. Um, Melissa Penton also asks if you leave a community, will the leader know? Uh, Not usually. There's not usually an alert that they know. As far as I know, I've never seen them. um, And I know
2: people have left the
0: community. If it's a small group, sometimes you'll notice that the number changed.
2: Yeah. Well, you'll notice if you try to tag the person and they're no longer, yeah. like, they're grayed out because they're not in yeah. the community, but there's no notification or anything.
0: I kind and of, in the community up to the same you, as unsubscribes. Like, if you don't want to be here, I don't want <laughs> you here. Like, I, I mean, I hope that doesn't sound mean, but it, I, I kind of figure they're self-selecting out.
1: Yeah. And in the in the best communities, the ones where you have real, actual relationships, people will know you're gone because they miss you, you know? I mean, yeah. in those huge communities where you're just another name nobody knows you're gone because it doesn't matter that you were ever there in the first place. And it's, it's a mean way to say it, but it's true. When I, I just not a huge fan of those like really, really big communities. I don't get much value out of them.
0: I like what Sandy said and, and I actually do a lot of the same things for my, for my Q and a episodes is that's where I find content ideas. That's where I find ideas for guest posts and, and, and the questions I see happening over and over again. Um, I'm in a community that I got as part of a program that has, literally twelve thousand plus people in it but i get so many content ideas from that community because they're you see the same you see questions coming up over and over again and it's so huge and everything moves so quickly that sometimes it's hard to answer them so i'm able to answer them in my podcast or through a guest post or or you know when i'm on a web show or whatever um so i'm able to deliver those answers in a way uh that serves a lot of people. But I get that inspiration from those massive communities where people are asking the same questions over and over again. So I think there is um, value in everything. It just depends on what you're looking for out of the community. And that's something I want to touch on before we wrap up this part of the conversation is, do you guys have a sort of set, this is what I need to get out of this community? Or do you just go into it open-minded and get whatever you can? Jules?
1: Um, honestly, I don't. <laughs> I don't have like a goal in mind. The only one that I really do is the group of, like I said, I have a group of like five or six women. It's just really mm-hmm. small. That one, I go into it knowing what I'm looking for because it's so targeted and it's just, it's almost like a, you know, a hang a Google Hangout or something. So that the conversation is just different, but in the, you know, a normal size community, somewhere around a hundred people, uh, I don't really have a, you know, what I want out of it. Usually just good conversation and good ideas, that kind of thing. Cool. What about you, Sandy?
2: Yeah, I think just to add to what Joel said, I would say, you know, getting to know people, so whether that's more on a personal level, so I think that's, and being of service, so if I can find a way to answer people's questions, um, that's, I would say, my goal.
0: I like that. See, I I approach different goals, uh, different groups with different goals. I have groups that I'm a part of that are are social media focused. And my goal in that group is to make sure that I'm staying ahead of the curve however possible, learning about new networks and new things. And then I have goals um, for communities that I'm a part of where my my goal is to just be as as much service as I can, answer as many questions as I can. Um, which selfishly gets my face in front of them and, and mm-hmm. makes them think of me as a resource. So when one of those questions come up, they know to come look for me and ask it um, of course, yeah. and, and, and answer those. So that's why I have different, different focuses and different goals. Sometimes it's purely informational and I honestly lurk quite a bit because I'm just there to get information. Uh, and then there's goals that I, I work groups where my goal is to participate a lot more heavily.
1: I think that's really smart. <laughs>
0: Very cool. Um, so I want to shift gears a little bit away from uh, away from a community and I want to talk a little bit about collaboration um, because you guys, like I mentioned earlier, run two independent businesses, you're solopreneurs, uh, but you've come together a while ago now, what, like a year ago, maybe two, year and a half? Yeah, year and a half. Yeah, ish. To Run Thrive Hive. So how how does that work? Is does this Thrive Hive its own business that you guys are partners on, or is it just a project that you guys collaborate on? Um, how do you guys structure that with your own businesses independently? Anybody who wants to jump in can.
2: <laughs> <laughs> <Stacey>? <laughs> sure. So um, like Jules and Stacy mentioned, we launched it together in uh, December 2012 yeah, it was about November, December, 2012. And it is a collaboration. So I guess it would be, it's not like its own separate business. It's like a joint venture, I guess, you know, and um, how do we manage it? I think that was your second question. So we do have a, like a contract in place where we have listed out, you know, who does what, who manages Mm -hmm. what. So it's, you know, you always have to have that to protect both your separate assets. And just, you know, just because things are good and your your friends and everything in the beginning, you want to make sure that if you decide to separate ways or who keeps what and how, if is the community going to stay alive. So that's something to consider um, when you do a collaboration project of that sort. So Mm. uh, yeah, that's sort of the structure. I don't know if you want to add anything to that, Jules.
1: Yeah, and I would say the smartest thing we did early on was to put a contract in place. And at the time, we didn't know what this was even going to grow into or if it would be like now we have retreats and we do all kinds of other things. Um, And we had no idea any of that was going to happen when we first started, but it's really nice knowing that we each own our own businesses to know what our responsibilities are. And, you know, this community affects other people's lives and other people's businesses. Um, And so the the collaboration project that we have is a, is a community and it affects so many other people that we can't just, it it can't be left up to chance to Mm -hmm. sort of run itself. It needs to be a little bit more structured. So I think that was a smart move on our part early on. And I would recommend if you guys are, thinking about collaboration projects or even like a collaboration if you're coming up with a course together or if you're you know doing things like that with another entrepreneur it can be an awesome way to reach more people and to kind of reach another um, not competitor but a a complimentary business to reach their audience and for them to reach yours but make sure you know going into it you know what your expectations are and especially when it comes to money I think that's where things Mm -hmm. get really sticky so
0: uh-huh. And I love that you guys have broken out sort of of the, what the structure is and, and who does what. Do you guys do that even to the point of tasks? Like you guys are very clear on
1: on who does what in within this collaboration. We do, yeah. Like Sandy is in charge of um, sort of onboarding. So when people when people join the community, she welcomes them and makes sure that they feel welcome and they're they're added to the Facebook group and our Google group and things like that. And I'm in charge of, you know, they're added to an email list, and so I make sure that they're getting the emails and that they are feeling. like they're becoming a part of the community quickly, and yeah, and we even to a certain extent, like we do a Twitter chat once a month, we do a Google Hangout once a month. I lead the Twitter chats, she leads the Google Hangouts. Like we each have kind of our our own separate things, and we fill in for each other when we need to. So it's really nice that way too.
2: And the good thing about that is that it just makes it so much more organized. Like if you had to like think about it each time someone joins, oh my god, who's doing what? This is just like a system. We have a down pat. We know who's going to do what, and it doesn't add this whole new giant task to our existing task list. It's just, it's all managed.
0: I love that clarity around who does what. I think it's so key. And I think that Jules, you brought up a good point, that it doesn't have to be a huge collaboration. Like ThriveHive, it's become quite large. Like you said, you have retreats and Vicky is eyeballing the San Diego retreat, which I'm very upset that I don't have to go to. And if you could (laughs) have just had it one weekend later, I would have been like the happiest girl in the world. Bring oh. your
2: son, take him on a birthday retreat. You know, <laughs>
0: so he's love yeah, that. that's what everybody wants. A six-year-old running around San Diego's Thrive Hive live—that's going to be fun. Uh, there would really have to be a lot less wine for that,
1: um, but yeah, no. Just right um, up the Road, so you know. <laughs> <laughs>
0: But no, I think that having that clarity, even around smaller things, when you're talking about doing a a webinar with someone, you know, be clear on who's handling what as far as the tech side of that stuff goes.
1: So you don't end up dropping the ball on something that's critical. I think that's such a great point. It, Stacey, you just nailed something that I forgot to say earlier because you were talking about the tech side of things. So Sandy, when she introduced herself earlier, said that she handles like more of the techie side of marketing. Mm-hmm. And I don't.
2: <laughs> I <laughs> handle
1: more of the content side of marketing, I guess I would say. And so we do similar things. We serve similar audiences, which is good for both of us because we're you know reaching a, a larger audience. We're not competing with each other. But at the mm-hmm. same time, she does gr- things that I would never want to do or nor would I do <laughs> Anywhere near as well as she does and vice versa. And so I think when you're looking for a collaboration partner, find someone who don't find your twin. (laughs) Find someone who is kind of your opposite, someone who can do all the things that you either can't do or don't want to do, because those are going to be the collaborations that really long term make sense for you. Awesome. Um,
2: I I agree with that 100% because I think also if you think of your collaboration it's it's such an opportunity to learn just because Mm -hmm. you don't have a business partner like I've learned so much about copywriting and branding just from you know collaborating with Jules and and I've been able to kind of incorporate things that I've seen her do and I'm like oh that's so smart so I think you have to look at your collaboration in like the like the bigger picture
0: Mm -hmm. I I totally agree. And and we're reaching our end of our time. So I want to make sure, can you guys tell everybody, one of you, whoever in unison, however this works, um, where everybody can find out more about Thrive Hive Live that we're talking about um, and also uh, about joining the online community, Thrive Hive?
1: Yeah, sure. So you can find out more about Thrive Hive at thrivehivelive.com slash join and that will take you to the community part of it. So that's the Facebook group that we have. There are some awesome women in there. I see some women in the chat. So hi, Thrive Hivers. It's yes, good to see you guys in the, in the in chat. The chat. <laughs> um, and so that's where you can join the community if the community is something that interests you. And we also have the retreats. Our next one is in San Diego in October. And Stacy, we're going to twist your arm. You're going to be there. We're hoping Vicki's there. Um, and so that's October what is it, Sandy? 16th through 19th? That's yes. right. That's okay. exactly and right. Thrive Hive <laughs> Live is where you can find information about that too. So,
0: And I went to the Thrive Hive retreat in Miami in February and it was fantastic.
1: <laughs> so you guys know, I'm
0: also part of Thrive Hive. Full disclosure: I probably should have said that up front. If you've ever listened to an episode of "Hit the Mic" with Stacey Harris, we should really just put a sponsor spot in there because I talk about them I'm pretty regularly on the show.
2: Well, I, I think if we could just add like one more whole more more point to this conversation is the fact that like all these online communities, when you meet these people, it's like, even more awesome when you connect in person. Like when I met Stacy's only thing. I was like, I didn't realize you were that tall. But everything know, else... you are super tall in real life, Stacey. I think <laughs> yeah. it's funny that we all
0: had a, a comment about each other's heights when we met in person.
2: Because <laughs> right now we're all at this level and you get to know each other yeah. in like such an intimate way. The same thing with Jules. I met her like six months after we launched the actual community in person. So I just think it's really cool if you can find those opportunities to take that online community relationship yeah. offline.
0: Yep. Yes, when I met everybody uh, or the people I met in Miami for Thrive Hive Live, it was a lot like, oh, my God, you're like a real person. I can touch you and stuff like you exist. I'm not crazy. No, it was it's super amazing. And I'm a big fan of, of um, building relationships online for sure. But if you can meet in person, you can really cement some long-term friendships. Also, the really cool thing is, is for people who are kind of freaked out about going to network things where they don't know anybody. When you go to events like this or, or whatever events happen as part of your community, maybe it's a meetup or whatever, um, you can you already kind of know them. So it takes away that weird, like, hi, what's your name? What do you do? Part of the conversation.
2: And you get to dive much deeper and, yeah. like, You've already done all the superficial stuff, right? Like, oh, yeah, how's the weather back home? We know it's cold in Canada all the time. Let's talk about the real stuff. One all right. Well, thank you guys so mention, much for being on the
0: Stacey. show. I really, really appreciate you joining me for the special, the Stacey Harris edition of YFE Chat. I, I couldn't have done it with two better people.
1: <laughs> well, thank you for having us. It was fun.
0: It was. Thank very you for fun. having us. Thanks, guys.
1: All right. Everybody who showed up
0: live, um, Rama, Melissa, Vicky, Erica, Amanda, Carrie, Jen, who's at home with new baby, everybody who I'm forgetting and missing. Thank you guys, Alex. Thank you guys so much for showing up live and being a part of this very, very special episode of YFE. I will see you guys next week, 6 p.m., 9 Eastern. Bye, guys.